and then expand on it, right? Because the decisions that you make after using any piece of technology after three or four months is going to be much better informed than any than anything you think you've informed yourself off the internet. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. Well, welcome to the Farms Advice podcast, Nick Seymour from Farmout. Nick, how are you going? Yeah, very well, thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me on. No, great to have you on and also kick off 2023. You're the first ag tech to come on for this year. So keen to get this year under our belt and see what we can come up with. But a huge thing for this podcast is being that connection from farmers to ag tech startups and ag tech companies that are quite well established out there because all you do is look it up on Google and you can't actually see, is this the right thing for me? But having that credibility flies a long way. Um, just to sort of make that linkage. So it's great to have you on and we'll find out a little bit about it down the track. But yep. first of all, tell us a little bit about your background. Where have you come from, Nick? Um, Hamilton, Horsham, in between there's a little town called Balmoral. Yep. And grew up there. My parents had a sheep and cattle property there. And yeah, so running around, you know, oh, I mean, I just remember summers of like sheep with foot rot, you know, up at the sheds, trimming those, um, doing all that, all that kind of stuff. And I was pretty keen to get into to agriculture, uh, but I actually I went to Melbourne Uni and um, actually studied zoology instead of agriculture. Um, but then after that, I came back to the farm for sort of three, four, five years to my mid twenties. So. Yeah, I was kind of in, in into that sort of agriculture, sheep and cattle world till the mid twenties, and then farm basically got a bit small, yep. you know, with me and my dad, um, ideas, you know, all those things. You want to you, you want to try to help each other out, but you spend more time arguing. So I kind of just um, stuff this. I'm going up to Melbourne, and I started doing furniture design. Yeah, right. So you've got quite the experience behind you. What was the experience that sort of drove you into what Farmo is? What sort of background is that? Yeah, well, nothing really. It's just that so 20 years later, um, after I leave, my parents uh, are now in their 80s, right? And now now they're getting too old to do everything by themselves. And there's a small, uh, we got got this sort of block um, that my dad was still looking after and asked me to help him with that because he's sort of retired by now. So yep. I started like, you know, driving down from Footscray, trying to sort of help manage this farm and do it remotely um, with him still sort of, you know, coming around helping all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then, but I just soon found very quickly, um, I was stressing out uh, about the water, especially um, what was going on down there. It was there, you know, it's really hard to, uh, to not think about it when you're not there. And then I had a really bad experience one day with, turning up and there's some weenies in the laneway um, with no water, just about dying. Yep. And that, and they got so stressed, they never really recovered properly at all. Yep. Um, and so 
you know, that was about three or four years ago. And that's when I said, oh, you know, I'm getting serious about this. I'm going to start um, researching first of all. And then I was really just going to source um, some, some water monitoring equipment. Um, there wasn't anything that I really wanted. So I just started making it myself. So what year did you sort of, you had your problem, you found it that they weren't going to recover off the back of being a bit starved from water access. What year was this? Yeah, this is uh, 2018, 2019. Yep. I mean, it all gets a bit hard with COVID, isn't it? The years kind of, they're not sort of real years, but it's, yeah, that's sort of 2018, 2019. Yeah, so going through the thick of the drought where actually a lot of these ideas have been fleshed out from ag tech as well. So yeah, little point um, in that, that what drought can present itself. So off the back of that, you've created Farmo. How has that been for you um, as an ag tech startup in Australia? Look, it's been very enjoyable, but there's also been a lot of pain, a lot of tears, a lot yep. of frustration, and then, but you know, a lot of joy, a lot of satisfaction. Um, all of those things. I mean, you have to throw yourself into it. You know, a hundred percent. You have to be fully committed. Yep. Um, and you have to back yourself. You know, you have to have confidence that you can do these things even when it seems like you know you can't um and then because there always is a way eventually um yeah so all, all yeah all of those things i mean i don't feel yet like you know i can relax uh, i still have got a long way to go yeah. uh, to get everything as as we want it to be but it's very very you know like rewarding and satisfying you know to hear from our customers you know, oh, you know, like just, just their, their user experiences, you know, like, like where it's helped them, how it's helped them, um, you know, no, no, that that really, you know, gives you a lot of energy, keeps you going. And now we're just, it's starting to get a bit easier. We're making enough money to employ some people, you know, to focus on things like customer service, um, you know, and sales and, and all that, those sort of areas as well. So don't have to do, you know, like everything all at once. Yep. Um, which, which just makes it a lot more enjoyable and makes the business a lot better. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's unreal. It's, it's a, it's a privilege, you know, it, it, sometimes in your life, you just got to do shit jobs and you just do them. Um, yeah. and it does, and that's great because you're doing it for a reason. And then if you're ever lucky enough to do something that you love, um, and you have, it challenges you and you have half a chance of doing well at it. I mean, it's just, it's great. It's, it's, it's an awesome um, place to be. Absolutely. And in agriculture, you've got to be passionate about what you do and what you love. Um, so everyone that's driving into work now or driving home from work, whenever they listen, tell us what actually is Farmo and how does it work in the most detailed approach without seeing the product in front of us? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the first thing is with dealing with that problem when you, you run out, your stock run out of water. So there's two problems there. Um, number one, your stock have run out of water, right? But the second problem is, all those other times, you don't ever know if they have water or not, right? That's a major cause of anxiety um, for all farmers. Anyone with livestock knows that water fails and when it fails, it's, you know, the effect can be catastrophic, right? So that's always on the back of your mind. And in the old days, you know, you're driving around the ute, you're chewing up diesel uh, once a day, um, listening to, you know, whatever, listen to your Jack Creswell podcast, yeah. passing the time. Right. So we just, we're addressing that. We're basically what we're saying is whatever the pain points are, there is now the technology out there 
not necessarily already assembled into a product, but there's the communication technology. There's the sensing technology. There's the battery technology. There's all those bits and pieces out there to potentially solve these problems. So we're going to try and solve them. Um, we'll design a product that we know that is designed for farmers from day one. So it's going to be tough enough to handle that environment. It's going to be able to communicate long distances. It's going to have batteries going to last over a year. It's yeah. going to be simple to understand what the data means, unambiguous. And you're going to be able to use these devices by looking at your dashboard if you want, or you can forget the dashboard and just be alerted to a problem when it happens so you can go and fix it. Um, and that manifests itself in products like um, a water rat sensor, which is the most well-known. You just throw in a trough, floats around, tips over, sends you a message. Um, uh, gate sensors, which we designed because the, the gate sensors out there previously were based on door type sensors, which were more suitable to, you know, doors in tracks and, you know, and tight tolerances, whereas, you know, gates are, um, you know, blowing in the wind, getting pushed all the time. Um, and, then, and then we also just roll in a standard type of sensors that people want that already exist that are out there, like your soil moisture and your weather and, and all those kind of things. Um, all of those things come together. Um, and then the other side of it is how do you actually use that data or receive that data? And we try and make really simple sort of dashboard displays um, that are very alert based. So you can set your triggers for whatever variable it is you're measuring and just have those alerts go off to the people that need to get them. So does the trigger work in percentages or how does that work? Yeah, there's, there's heaps of ways you can, you can have a trigger, you can choose to say it as a percentage, or yep. you could say, say for a trough, for instance, you could make, also make it time-based. So you might not need okay. to know every time a trough goes empty, but you might say, look, if a trough's been empty for 45 minutes, that's when I want to get my message. So everything's very customizable, um, you know, by the end user. You know, and you might say, look, I want it to go to the, to these to to this manager during the week and then on the weekends i want it to go to these other people or your gates you don't need to know when your gates are opening maybe but you might say after after 7 p.m you know that's when i want the alerts to go yeah to um you know, whichever person so it's probably we can as farmers we can be overloaded with the data and actually yeah. having time to you set when you want that to come in and what it is I suppose like even with the gates that sensors coming in obviously maybe at the end of the day you want them closed or to know they're closed um and then that outside value sort of comes off the back of that you don't have to muster remuster in the morning or yeah. like that something that saves you so much more time like what i've seen with a lot of the ag tech i've had on the podcast they're they've got their value their function and then also that outside value, you don't actually have to go out and check all your troughs to see if they've got water in it. If it's two Ks out or you're a hundred Ks out or your properties, you got to just spent 500 Ks out, which has been quite a familiar story for the farmers coming on. They've got a adjustment or lease blocks that they're using and what they can do there. Even like to have those sensors, you can quickly just drop them in can't you, for your lease block or adjustment. Yeah. Um, that's the idea that, that you do just walk up to the trough and you just throw it in. Yeah. Um, and also the way that we, you know, the, the, the management practices change over time and we sometimes got bigger mobs rotating through paddocks more quickly. So we've got more animals on a trough 
Um, but the capital expense of and more troughs and more watering points. And so the capital expense of monitoring all of them would be prohibitive. So the idea with our water rat is it's got a GPS inside it. So you just pick it up when you move the mob, take it over to the next paddock, throw it in the next trough, and it'll update its location on your map. So you can, you know, you're not having to overcapitalize equipment where, you know, some troughs aren't being used for a fair portion of the year. So what type of farmers are actually currently using it? You've got sort of all livestock farmers out there? Yeah, we, we that's it. We, most, we are mainly um, marketing ourselves towards livestock farmers because yep. the biggest driver for the purchase of ag tech is this anxiety around water because everyone with livestock's got water, everyone with water's got water problems. So it doesn't matter all our other things, you know, electric fence sensors, soil moisture. There's a percentage of people that will want those. Yep. But everybody wants to monitor water. So, um, yeah, that's so it's really, you know, farmers with sheep, cattle, pigs, whatever, anyway, any, any livestock. One one thing I heard the other day is um, like a huge cotton farm or like a arable farm that they're growing the crops. They're also trying to now improve like their areas where they just run livestock they're trying to improve those sort of one percenters. So it's interesting to see that they're also keen on a lot of this sort of gear um, because they sort of left that to the wayside, just like the cattle, the sheep will eat that paddock out and I'll move them on to the next one and not really trying to get the most out of it. So I think that market of farmers is also a pretty big opportunity as everyone, I feel 2023 onwards is looking to optimize what we do. Land values are going through the roof and what we can do for those one percenters is going to be, be the difference between you and the top 10% um, out of the top 10 producers in Australia. Yeah, no, that's it's, it's so true with agriculture that when you really focus, when you put your focus on a, on a sort of smaller area and try and extract everything out of it you know or you, the, the make it as productive and as sustainable as you can it's amazing what you can get as opposed to when you just got an endless amount of land you know what i mean um that's always been true uh and but now it, we, we're sort of getting forced into that situation because of the land prices like you say yeah absolutely so a farmer is looking to integrate softly into ag tech and water is the resource that we need so much within agriculture how can we get into it and what's the sort of first steps getting onto pharma or actually getting to the problem of checking our waters each day and everything? How can we use those sensors and start to do it? Yeah. So there's a lot of companies out there that provide solutions in this area, right? So, you know, you, you jump on Google and you're going to see quite a few. Um, so I don't want to be too like pharma focused, right? It doesn't really matter what you get. You just get, you get something, but the most important thing is you just get something. You know, you just get it, install it, and don't go and buy a $10,000 system before you know anything about it. Just try and start as small as you possibly can, get familiar with it, and then expand on it, right? Because the decisions that you make after using any piece of technology after three or four months is going to be much better informed than any than anything you think you've informed yourself off the internet, right? So... Most important thing, you're not talking a lot of money um, and there is no better way to learn about this stuff that, than, than actually physically having it on your farm, mucking around with it. Yeah, It may seem like it takes 
that may seem like that's a time, it's inefficient use of your time. But you need to, you have to take the time to learn anything that's going to benefit your business. There's no, there's no silver bullet for your business that's just going to not require any effort or any learning. And for me personally, the best way to learn is, is by doing. Certainly. And for you, as you've gone through your sort of process, who have you found that's most receptive, like as an individual to the ag tech? Is it the younger farmers or the older farmers out there going, hey, this looks pretty good. I'm needing this. What's it all about? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I, I think a lot of older, sorry, sorry, a lot of younger farmers, you know, you'd think would be more interested and they are interested just in, in you know, tech's part of their world. Right. But it's funny, a lot of, we get a lot of really quite elderly people buying the tech because yeah, I mean, they, what number one, a lot of young farmers, they're not in charge of the purchasing. Yeah. You know, they might love it, but they're not the ones that are placing the purchase order. So it's the older farmers. Um, now, you know, it's just getting more difficult for them to do what they used to do. They don't have as many staff around to do everything. Um, yeah. And like it's a fair, it's, it's a, it is a mix, but it is not, it is not just young farmers. There's a lot of, I don't know. I mean, um, older doesn't sound like a nice way to say, you know, but, for this occasion. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's, it's not just young, it's all age groups that, that buy it. It's, um, surprising yeah and that probably leads us into the next bit of your approach as an ag tech company mm. using social media to create awareness but also having that practicality i've spotted you on tiktok uh, but it's pretty refreshing to see you up there and actually because there's not many if there is any others out there that i know of ag tech companies that actually approached it that way um, you can utilize it in different um, mediums, but how have you found that and why did you get started on TikTok? Well, I was totally by accident because yep. I went to this digital media um, company just around the corner from me in Footscray yep. and said, look, I want you guys to help me with my Instagram and Facebook. And they said, what for? They're, they're dead. You've got to be on TikTok, mate. And I'm like, what's TikTok? And, and I, I said, oh, look, you know, you guys, you know, you know what you're doing. I'll just do what you tell me. You tell me what to do. I'll do it. And um, whatever happens, um, I'll learn something out of it. So really it's by accident, but it's a good accident because I feel much more comfortable on TikTok just speaking my mind yep. than kind of being on LinkedIn where I try to pretend to be really corporate and humble bragging. You know, it's kind of not me. Yep. Um, so you know, I like, and, and also the TikTok, the, you know, people say, oh, TikTok's ruining all the kids' concentration. And I can, I've realized that's not the point. It's just all us old bastards take too long to say stuff. We've been yeah. like this for all, you know, most of my life I've taken way too long to get to the point and I've been able to get away with it. Um, and now I realize, no, it's not the fault of other people's um, short attention span. Uh, sometimes when you deliver a message, you just got to get to the point quickly. That's it. So no, I really like the TikTok. Um, you know, uh, I just follow, I just, I just do what these young guys tell me to do. Hopefully it goes well. Yeah. But it looks like it's going well. You've got tens of thousands of views on there. We've actually like the Barnes advice hashtag on TikTok's got like 23 million impressions now. And you can't really get that 
anywhere else on um any other platform that awareness just yeah as agriculture as a whole new products services podcasts whatever it may be it's fantastic to have that ability whatever everyone wants to say about the head honchos of tiktok uh, how you play the game or whatever is up to you but for yourself nick what sort of challenges have you come across being an ag tech startup um in the industry we all know there's a fair few challenges out there but what's been the biggest challenge for you i mean the biggest challenge as a startup and, and a lot of people will tell you this is well a lot of people just run as soon as you mention the word hardware like everyone wants to do a startup um you know with software because what can go wrong you know and if, or if something goes wrong you know you can just patch out a a firmware up you know some sort of you know some sort of update or whatever but hardware is a real challenge you know like making things that exist in the real world and can stand up to all the challenges like on a farm um, yep. and the, and then again the distances that we have to communicate our data um, it's not just something on wi-fi or anything like this so we're often pushing into areas where there's no one to ask you know we just got to find this stuff out ourselves. Um, you know when we first started with telstra uh, using the NBIT, they've got a map on their website that basically says it covers 90% of Australia. And that's just a modeling sort of thing, but no one's actually been out there, you know, and physically tested, you know, where these devices can get single and all that. So for us, that's just been a lot of hard work, just, you know, throwing ourselves over the cliff and saying, you know, will this work, will this work, will this not work? Um, and then everything else is just normal business stuff, you know, finding your message, finding your customers, giving them something that they, you know, keeping them happy, um, you know, trying to do all that consistently, trying to get some cash into the business to fund the development of the next product. Um, all those things are just standard business challenges. Yeah, absolutely. I've come across those starting up marketing and podcasting and everything. And as we lead into succession, it's a huge challenge for everyone within agriculture. We not necessarily have all those skill sets, but building on them, it's a huge thing for what we do, but for anyone out there listening, for the farmers, young or old, um, however you want to categorize them, what would be your one key takeaway you'd like them to take away from this episode? Well, I mean, hopefully they run out and, you know, buy a water rat. Yeah. <laughs> but no, look, apart from that, I mean, the technology is, is not to sort of be afraid about the, 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 introduction of technology on the farms um you know try and embrace it like there's a lot of skills like if say if you're in school and you know you find the history of egypt boring right but you like mucking around getting getting things to work you know you have those sort of skills they that that's the sort of skill set like understanding a little bit about technology whether it be on the firmware side or the electronic side you know it's just it's super interesting um and you will kind of want to be a part of it. And there's huge opportunities there. If you can, you know, um, apply yourself to it, get some practical knowledge, because when we, we, we're trying to expand and we're looking for people to help the business with firmware and electronics of knowledge, but it's really hard to find people that, that can say, I've built this, you know, it doesn't matter if it's something that shuts the chook shed at night. Or it turns a, a light on at the back porch. Just building stuff, you know, that you if you imagine you need something, just try and build it. 
Um, and the skills that you get out, get from doing that are amazing and you'll never be without work and um, yeah, just try and embrace it and, and enjoy it. Great stuff, Paul. Part of the um, Farms of the Future Ag Tech. Great to see that you're on there as well. And also there's a free trial on there, I believe, 30-day free trial for the water rats. Yeah, that's it. So if someone is just not sure about, a lot of people say, oh, but the cows are going to pick it up and flick it out of the trough. Now, we know that's not true because it floats around. Cows, they like to push on stuff that's fixed in place. But if you don't know that, you just, uh, what's the best way to um, get across those doubts? Just You just buy one. Try it for 30 days. If it doesn't work for you, send it back. If not, there you go. You're into ag tech. Yep. Beautiful. Well, Nick, thanks so much for coming on to the FarmsWise podcast and sharing your little bit, Farmo, and how it's helping farmers reconnect with their water and actually not have the stress or issues of not having the water at the time when they most need it, coming into nearly the end of summer as well. But for anyone out there, how can we get on to you and maybe even follow you on TikTok? So if you're on TikTok, you just go farmo.oz, like farmo.aus, yep. and you see my ugly head, you know, on there. Um, otherwise, the website is farmo.com.au. That's got all the links. Um, yeah, those two things. Anything else is just confusing. Beauty. I'll put those links in the show notes for anyone listening. They'll be able to find those links and have a look at Farmo and see what you're all about. Well, Nick, thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Awesome, Jack. Thanks for the chat and well done the podcast, mate. It's awesome. Thank you. This Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag Farms Advice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farmswise podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people today.